Hello and welcome to the Stringer Podcast number 26. I wish I had something funny and clever to say, but it's pushing 1 a.m. and I gotta be at the airport in five hours. So I'm gonna keep this short and sweet, which is cool because this is the part you want me to get through anyway, so you get to the good part. This week's good part features Candace K. She's an incredible, incredible uh, designer. She's um, created jewelry, fashion. She's done custom interiors for these great coffee shops. She's traveled the world just leaving her mark in different places. And you know what? In my effort to bring you closer to some of the incredible creators that I am able to call friends, Candace is like at the peak. She's at the top of the mountain. And I'm worried about how I'm going to follow up next week, but that doesn't mean this week can't be great. At underscore Candace K underscore on Twitter and at underscore Candace K K A Y E underscore two underscores in both of them on Instagram. She's an absolute delight. We've been friends, oh, for years now. And this podcast definitely features a couple more embarrassing confessions. I'm going to be off to Chicago, but it doesn't mean. I'm not going to leave you with some great things to do around the city this weekend. As always, brought to you by our friends at Seat Giant. Let's kick it off on Friday night. Return of the comedy. Let's get back to some comedy. Sass Comedy is a monthly stand-up comedy show that brings together Toronto's funniest and sassiest comedians on one stage. This month's headliner is the fabulous Martha Chaves. Martha Chaves is a fixture in Canadian comedy. She has performed on the largest stages and biggest festivals in Canada and most recently performed for the Prime Minister. What's your opening joke for the Prime Minister? Seriously, that's got to be a tough room. It's like, knock, knock. Who's there? The President of the United States. Tickets are just $10 and get yours before they're all gone. That's Friday night, 7 p.m. to 8.30 at the Comedy Bar, 945 Bloor Street West. And it's a perfect way to kick off this Canada Day long weekend. Because we're going to move right into Saturday. You're going to put on your cowboy boots and some great blue jeans. Because it's Keith Urban and Kelsey Bellarini at Budweiser stage. Pop and country fans, get ready for a show from the most epic, wow, the most epic crossover artist there is. The Budweiser stage is proud to present Keith Urban with support from Kelsey Bellarini live on Saturday, the 30th of June, 2018 on his Graffiti U North American tour. Get ready for a phenomenal console to blow you away featuring solo sets from both artists in addition to maybe some special surprises as well. Imagine Drake showed up. That would be wild. If you want to get tickets, how do we always get tickets? It's really easy. I know there's all these confusing ways to do it from all these places that charge you a ton of money, but we can simplify it all. We just go to seatgiant.ca. We type in Keith Urban. Boom. We got tickets there tickets and not only do you get a great price on great tickets to your favorite shows in toronto you can also use promo code stringer to save an extra couple bucks who doesn't like saving an extra couple bucks let's be honest with the rental prices through the stinking roof we could all save two or three or eight or forty dollars wherever we can and seat giant isn't just your hookup for keith urban this weekend that's right any holes in your schedule just head over to seatgiant.com or .ca and search their great listings of festivals, comedy shows, sporting events, concerts, all the cool stuff happening in the city. And you can save on all of that by using promo code STRINGER. Sunday, Canada Day celebration at Downsview Park. I'm going to be back for this. And you better believe that I want to see some fireworks. Downsview Park invites you to celebrate Canada Day on July 1st with free 
free activities for the whole family and a spectacular fireworks show at the end of the night. Bring your friends, family, and neighbors out for a fun-filled afternoon and evening beginning at 6 p.m. So it's really just an evening featuring inflatable games for children, face painters, and live entertainment. If you don't want to make your way up to Downsview, there will be plenty of events across the city to see some fireworks. So wear your best red clothing. If you were in the city on Tuesday, you saw that they, I guess, jumped the gun and gave us a little bit of Ontario Place fireworks. Maybe they're just testing it out, making sure it all works. But it's Canada Day. Seat Giant has your hookups. A little bit of laughter a little bit of country music, and a lot of bit of Canada stuff. Please remember that if you have an event coming up, anything you want promoted, hit us up on Twitter, at Stringer Podcast, or email us, podcast at the Stringers, the Stringers with a Z, Z if you're south of the border, dot com, and the lovely Dylan will make sure we pump it. And if you don't like our ideas, that's cool. I understand. Many people don't like my ideas. You can just visit SeatGiant.ca and use promo code STRINGER to save a few bucks on all of Toronto's events, whether we feature it on the podcast or not. How did I do? Did I get through it fast enough for you? I still got to edit this and get it out to you and make it to the airport and pack my bag and hopefully have a shower. Candace K is on the other side of the saxophone, that's right, underscore Candace K, underscore on Twitter and Instagram. She's incredible. You're going to love her. Everyone who meets her does. Cue the sax. I left like my my door open again. We talked about this yesterday. I left my door open, and it's so cold. I was freezing inside my condo this morning. I know it's freezing. It's like this is not the June I had asked for. I feel like it's gonna warm up next week though, or this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Be fine. I know. I know. I haven't changed it since. You know what's weird is that my temperature inside my condo is always Fahrenheit because that's what I understand. Mm. But outside temperature, like how you do understand. I dress for the day? Yeah. It has to be Celsius. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I don't like I know what 12 degrees is. Yeah. But that is 60 56? Yeah. yeah, ish. 60 yeah. something like that. Yeah, if it's like below 60 it's freezing. If mm-hmm. it's in the 60s it's like kind of hot. High 60s is hot. Low 60s mm-hmm. is cold. Then the 70s you're like good. You're good. You're cooking. Yeah, that's what you're fine. my condo is like 72 yeah, generally in my condo and yeah. I'm just comfortable. Yeah. If it's like 78, I'm kind of getting hot. sticky and I yeah. want to put on the air conditioning. If it's 68, I'm like the dill is going on. Yeah. This ain't cool at all. <laughs> so I don't want to show it's a bit of a rolling start. What this? So yeah, we're okay. already going. We are? Yeah, we got all we got all of this. Tricky, it's tricky. Just the to get the, you know, we like to get the conversation going. Okay. Instead of being really formal and being yeah. like, "Thank you for coming to the podcast." Do I need Today, this here? Like to welcome. Do you? Where do you want to hold it? You can hold I don't it know. here. Do you, can like, is it like, like preferred? I guess it all depends who you grew up idolizing as a singer. Because if it was Madonna, it would kind of be like this. Be she always had it on the face. If it's like. If, you, if it's an MC, it's always up like this. True. These are like rap battling. It's like Michael Jackson. It's like held. I don't know. Is it was? Did it's he like hold? He, he was flying back <laughs> and forth. Or there's like you go to the crooner stage, and it was it was like this. 
Oh. It was always very formal. Well, and like you're like, this. fly me to the moon. Let's try hold it like blah, blah, blah. this. You want to hold it like that? Yeah. I'm pretty sure the microphone will, will pick up your voice. <laughs> No matter where it is. Okay, okay. The, the technology is pretty good. This, how are you doing? <laughs> Candace K on the podcast. I'm pretty excited. We, we went for brunch months ago now. I know. And then I tried to sell you on the idea. And I think it worked. And then we just never made it happen. I know. I was in LA though, remember? After I saw you, I left for LA. How long were you in LA for? Like 10, 14 days. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. How was LA? It was great. Yeah? Yes. What did you get up to? What did I do? Take me through your journey. Was it? Was it... All play or is it work and play? Um, I had a couple meetings yeah. and then I walked into a couple design firms and just like introduced myself. Yeah. That's, which is so very you. Yeah. Like really, it is It is honestly everything I've known about you is that you're just like, well, this place I know I've heard of before. If I don't walk in the office, someone else will. Yeah. Right? And it worked. I thought honestly I would get the, oh, we'll call you. Right. But they like, we'll have the our time. people call your people. That's just, that's what I thought I was gonna get. Yeah. One of them I actually brought. So apparently in Toronto, when you go to a design meeting, the custom is to bring like treats. Okay. So what's your go-to treat? Like, are you like, a, I a like, pastry? Or are you yeah, a like cake? Cannolis. Are you a cookie? Oh, cannolis. I'll go to like a bakery and get like cheesecake and like donut, little like nice fancy donut. So I did that to one of these places, and they were like, "Because you brought treats, I'll give you the email." Right. So it worked. <laughs> I don't think he would have given me an email if I didn't bring him treats. <laughs> you traded him. I, I was like, system. that is true bribery. Yeah, and that I'm is like, straight up bribery. And it worked. What you have to do is up your game next time and you kind of withhold it a little bit and you tell him, you're like, what's your email? <laughs> yeah. And you just kind of wave it in front of his nose and you just wait for him to kind of bite on it. And he's like, okay, damn it, I'll give it to you. Oh, man. I'll do it. So I did that. And then just like hung out. It was the yeah. first time that I spent in LA for the first like full 14 days. Like oh. Malibu, Venice. I've never been up to Malibu. I've been all around LA. I've been there many, many times. Oh, gosh. I've been all the way down the beaches like south, but I've never been to Malibu. But it's like just like right there. It's just, it's just north. I've oh, never been. Oh, it's my favorite. Weird, right? Is it? I didn't. I liked LA, but it reminded me of like, okay, I'm in the city. And right. then when I went down to Venice, I was like this. And then when I went to Malibu, yeah. I was like, this is where I want to live. I was <laughs> on a client morning. meeting yesterday and they are out in LA and they're describing there's a shoot going on actually just in a couple hours. And, and they're, they really want, we're trying to sell us on this room that they have inside their offices and they call it a lounge and, and that it's perfect. And it has these beautiful large windows with a breathtaking view of LA and I wanted to call bullshit because if you've ever been to L.A., there's no breathtaking view of downtown. No. Like, it is not a beautiful looking city. No. Right? It, well, it has beaches and it has mountains and it has all this cool stuff, but the city is just kind of like, blah. The Soho House view is beautiful. Where does it look? So it's in um, West Hollywood. Okay. And it's in like a it's in like a high rise building, and then it just looks up. It's like a three sixty view of Los Angeles. Mm. So like that was pretty. But you're right. Like when you look at New York, you're, you're like, yeah. okay, this is beautiful. First of all, uh, New York is very 
Like if you go to lower Manhattan and the midtown, mm-hmm. it's very compact. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you look at it from a distance, mm-hmm. it's very compact. And so you get to see this really neat stand of buildings. And then you have iconic buildings mm-hmm. like the Chrysler Building, yeah. Empire State Building, even in downtown Toronto. You know, you have the CN Tower. Tower yeah. You have First Canadian Place, yeah. both very well-known buildings. Chicago as well. Incredible buildings in Chicago. LA is just, and it's kind of sprawled a little bit. LA is so gigantic. Whenever I'm heading in on the freeway, like from the airport, Mm -hmm. whenever I hit like the downtown area, I'm always like, well, and then you're stuck in traffic anyway. So you're looking is like. The traffic was insane. (laughs) When people talk about LA traffic, it is no stinking joke. It's not that it's like one highway either. Like I felt like it's like you're constantly, it's like on every single road, but any road that you turn on, like a side street to like. There's traffic. There's tons of traffic. I had to commute. I was going, last time I was there, so I was there in February. Yeah. Uh, right after NBA All-Star. And we have a mutual friend, Kat. Yeah. And, and we had gone out. We had met up. She was out there for All-Star. And then I had to drop her off in Santa Monica. Uh-huh. And then uh, I had to drive into town for a meeting, oh like gosh. into downtown. And then like through crummy traffic. And then as I was leaving, I left their offices at 430 to drive back to Santa Monica, which is where everyone's heading. That's the direction like the whole world is heading, yeah. it seems. And I just sat and sat and poor cat like had to set up shop in some little spot and just wait because there's nothing we could do. I couldn't move. Do. She couldn't move. She like she's like I'm just gonna walk for a bit, and I think she walked all the way down through Venice Beach, the south end of Venice Beach. But I felt so bad because the traffic is so and, terrible, and there's nothing that there's no other way. No, there's no. no that's the, the it's one freeway in, one freeway. Yeah, in. that and I found that people like kind of so you sit like you stay in your area. Like you're in Silver Lake, you stay in Silver Lake. If you're like our friend Rachel now moved to Venice, oh. and she's like I don't know if I'll be up you know, uptown if I ever no. need to. Yeah. The Fox offices are just around there. Yeah. Or so I think. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's where it was. <laughs> it's like in the area yeah, somewhere. It's like there. The Fox lot. Yeah. Oh, did she take you on the Fox lot? We didn't end up going. Oh. She was so busy. That's understandable. So next time. I saw it. Like I drove yeah. her to work yeah. and then I saw the old, like the fake New York. Yeah. Which is incredible. And she just kind of walks out like it's nothing. I mean, I'm not in TV, nor do I know like not my realm so yeah. for me I'm eyes wide yeah. like you work here this is so cool that I uh we all have mutual I think you may have met her Julie Stewart Banks I haven't met her oh but, I've, but you I've, know she Rachel has so Rachel her. knows her yeah and she was in LA she was actually the first person I knew that went to Fox oh. and oh she, Rachel and her roomed for a while oh they well, did I think when Rachel first moved out Oh, was she, that in she like the stayed, beach town? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And which great little spot too. Yeah. Julie was like one block off the beach. She was incredible. So but she took me on to, on the tour of the Fox lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just and she it hadn't yet sunk in for her. You could see it on her face that she was still like pretty proud to show it off. It was pretty Aww. it's a pretty big you're walking in downtown New York. Oh, in downtown LA. I know. It's wild. I know. It's amazing. But I'm just like, what kind of life is this? How come I'm not living it? <laughs> Happy third anniversary. Thank you. That was a, a month ago? Maybe a month ago. Something like that. I know. Candace K Designs turns three. <laughs> Pretty crazy, right? I know. Something I've always really admired about you. Two okay. things I've really admired about okay. you. First one is uh, your sense of individuality. Mm-hmm. And and I've I've known from like when we first met... 
Do you remember? Do you remember the first time we did anything? We had this foggy period because we had friends, we had mutual friends, mm-hmm. but I don't think we had done anything until we went to a Raptors game one time. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And there was so they were playing, I believe they were playing Boston in a preseason game in December because it was that weird half season. Because yes. of the lockout that happened. Yes, and I was wearing I remember I was wearing a peak coat, so it was cold. <laughs> yeah, it this was like very, this was like what, eight years of friendship since then? Tons. Yeah. Many years of friendship. Yeah. But what I remember, remember what we did with the popcorn? Yeah. Where you had like the most brilliant idea <laughs> to like stick it between my outside leg and your outside leg so no one had to hold it. But we could both easily pick out of a bucket of popcorn. Candace, <laughs> your ability to innovate and be so totally you was like the first thing I ever knew about you. Oh my gosh. And it was carried all the way through. <laughs> and the other thing I love about you, because I think I relate to it in a way, is that you always seem to have a plan, but you're never afraid to change your plan. You're never afraid to to kind of see something new and grab onto something new yeah. and be like, oh, this could be really neat and go down that road. Right. So if we were to go back, we're going to go back to blogging. Oh my gosh. And the first one, was it, was I candy your first? How long do we have in this podcast? This is like a long story. We're, we're going to go back. Oh, we're going to, well, I just like the evolution. Okay. I love the evolution. Okay. We'll do short form. So was it, was I candy the first blog? No. The first blog was when I was doing interior design and okay. I, that's when I started getting to know you. I was still in school. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it was called Pink and Blousy. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Dang it. Pink and Blousy. Yeah. And it was fantastic. And this is coming from someone who really has no like real bit of interior design in him. The funny thing was when I was growing up, like you know this, I had a huge stutter and I hated reading and I hated school and I hated writing. So it was just really weird for me to be like, okay, now I have to like do all the things that I hate. And then when you go into interior design, you have to present all of your projects. So not only am I writing, but I'm presenting and I'm still stuttering. (laughs) But it was like through doing that, that like slowly went away. And like, I still can't write. I still have poor grammar and I still can't spell, but I still do it. Just own it. We own, oh, no, I we own it. Own individuality. Yeah. This and then I get I am, messages from my sister and she's like, you spelled this wrong. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm like. Was it Tina? Well, Tina and Megan. It was Tina and but Megan. Honestly, thank, like, thank God for them or else I don't know. Like, on a, okay. On either side of you, you have Tina who's basically is a lawyer. Is a lawyer. And you have Megan who med is school. studying in med school to yeah. be a doctor. Yeah. And then you have Daniel as well. Yeah. And Daniel, he I don't know what Daniel. He works for the family. He works for the bingo really? hall. Oh, yeah. Little Daniel I works know. for the bingo hall. I think the I first know. time. Remember, I came. Was it last year for your birthday? When did I come up to your place last for year. your birthday last, last year? Summer. I believe that was the first time I had met your brother. I had really? met both your sisters, uh, Tina, on several occasions. Yeah. But I had met both your sisters, and the first time I met your brother was was last year. But here you are in a family, and on one side you have a lawyer, on the mm-hmm. other side you have an academic who at one point will start studying to become a doctor, mm-hmm. and then you have the creative mind in the middle. How did that play out? You have a lovely family, yeah. but there is a difference of opinion. Is that the nicest way to put it? Yeah, I think I think they just didn't understand, and I think that's what the hard part was growing up in a family of the business mind, but they always supported. So... That's why I feel like it worked in my favor because yeah. I almost had to like prove them wrong, but then yeah. prove myself right. Yep. And then because they always supported, it worked. And then because they were so business, mm-hmm. they also pushed me to think, okay, so you are creative. You have all these really cool ideas, but Candace, how are you going to make money? Completely. 
And that was always, always the like the problem or the issue that we talked about. But yep. it ended up working now, you know, ten, eight years later, working out in my favor. You have pink and blousy and you're blogging about. Yeah, I, I remember this one room vividly and I'm going to look it up. And I'm going to find it because I'm pretty sure I saved it. Okay. I saved the post onto one of my computers. And the reason why I remember it is because this predated any conversation we had about design chairs and yet it was Mm. a room and i believe going by memory the walls didn't have a lot of color Mm -hmm. i think there was a really gorgeous wainscoting across the top Mm -hmm. and there was a really bold and beautiful chair Mm -hmm. sitting right in the middle and it was the centerpiece right it anchored the room it wasn't an accent wall right it wasn't a mantle piece right it was a piece of furniture that really anchored the whole room Mm -hmm. and it, I think I keep remembering it because you go down the road, like say one more year or something, and you call me or you text me or you e- email me or yeah. you're over at my place. I don't remember one what. Of the, one of the three. And you had this idea of custom design furniture, but not like custom design furniture. Mm-hmm. Like I need like an L-shaped couch yeah. that is a specific length. Yeah. We're talking about art pieces. Yeah. That are meant to wait the room. Right. And you build a room around a thing right. instead of building a room around a wall or right. whatever. So that is still happening. But th- the reason why I bring that up in yeah. your whole dream there is I almost feel like you went to New York to kind of chase that dream a little bit. Well, it's funny because that and I don't talk about this dream a lot because it's, it's Amazing. not perfected yet. So it's... <laughs> No, no. It's incredible. Yeah. Though. It's like my favorite thing about but you. But it's, it's One weird of because it's been, it's it's this huge dream that I've always had and that's just kind of out there. And then everything else that I've done along the way to some might think crazy. Like you pick up and you move to New York and you leave interior design program and you, there's like this whole journey. <laughs> I know. I feel like we're like, we're like leaping, but it's always been there and that's been my drive. So these leaps that I took were almost necessary because mm-hmm. the goal and the dream is so large. Yeah. So what Clay is talking about is there is works of furniture that are being made. It's funny cause I'm actually talking to my old professor from interior design days now mm-hmm who's one that taught me about chairs and he's helping me design it properly mm-hmm. um, and they're going to get made in Italy. So beautiful. That's happening in the next year. But I can't like talk like Sp- things specifics, specifics yet yeah. because it's still being worked out. Things have to be worked out still. But yeah. what is so intriguing about it and I think what an amazing lesson is for anyone else mm-hmm. is that you have a big goal mm-hmm. but then to achieve a big goal mm-hmm. you have to break it into smaller goals yeah and and steps along the way so we start with this incredible interior design blog mm-hmm. is it fair to call it interior because it was half about you, you half know, about things you liked yeah you know what it was it, i i had met someone and he was doing this blog and he was in university and he was selling these t-shirts and i was like what is this blogging world because again i was brought up in a very business family yeah. none of us were creative and something clicked and it was like, okay, I'm going to build a business and I'm going to build a story around my life to promote this business. And I'm going to connect people to the world of textile in the way that has never been done before. And so that was always a plan, but I knew, like you said, the biggest lesson for me was breaking that down into steps. Okay. That's a big goal. But then how do I get there? What are the steps I need to take? And that's where the journey started. And that's where the road of trial started. And so you head to New York because you want 
to learn textiles. Well, I made this piece of furniture. Yep. And that's when it's the textile started and I, I made it and it's ugly. And I was like, what? I can't sell this. There's something that needs to happen. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to design my own fabric. Yeah. How do I design my own fabric? It's a great question. Yeah. I still don't know how. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and, and it was also serendipitous around the same time. Like I would sit and I would read design books and for anyone else that wants to like figure out what it is that they want to do. The way that I did it was like you just I just sat and I just read and I looked at pictures and whatever made me excited mm-hmm. was what I leaned towards. Mm-hmm. So like you said at the very beginning, yes, I had this big dream, but I was very open as to how I got there. It wasn't a straight thing. So I found out about the world of textile design and then I applied to the FIT program, textile design program in New York City. New York was always a dream of mine. <laughs> I somehow got in. And then before you know it, you're in Greenwich Village. And before you knew it, I was moving to Greenwich Village. Yeah. So something you need to know about Candace and something we bonded over. I am will embarrassingly say this, but uh, was the story of four women and their friendship in New York known commonly as sex in the city. (laughs) I'll admit to that. Did we not? If I can. Come on, Candace, help me out here. If I can admit to it, we bonded over that early on. I think I remember like one night us going out for drinks and then going back to my place and putting it on. Oh, for sure. Putting it on DVD. We did. We did. And we just sat there and we watched one of the movies, whatever it was. So here you are in Greenwich Village, not a handful of blocks. Away from Carrie Bradshaw's house. Right. The exterior in which they shot uh, the character Carrie Bradshaw's house. Right. Which you talk about serendipity Mm -hmm. and you talk about the way just things kind of unfurl naturally. Mm -hmm. Right. And I I would imagine it's a whole whack of steps because when we move into an area, we look at two things, what we can afford and also what where our inclinations are. Right. What kind of neighborhood I I live, you know, the neighborhood I live in, you know, it has cobblestone streets, Mm -hmm. a lot of brick and beam buildings, Mm -hmm. because that's my I'm always naturally inclined into a neighborhood like that. So it actually kind of makes sense you wound up where you wound up in the city in lower Manhattan. Right. But that then kickstarts a whole new journey for you, not just down the textile road, but it opens doors as to the people you were meeting and some of the friends you made. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because the way that I even found my house, I was going to live in Upper East Side and the girls that I met on Craigslist dropped out on me. And... It was July. I had to move in on August 18th. I didn't have a place. And a friend of a friend was like, I know someone. She's going to be a great roommate. You guys need to meet. And I FaceTimed Sarah and she's like, okay, I need, you need four months or was it six months or three months? I don't know. A certain amount of money up front because we're Canadian. Yeah. So I'm wiring a check to this girl Sarah that I had no idea who she was. I FaceTimed with her once. I FaceTimed with her once. She seems sweet. But it was the most amazing location like you said and like we got along really well and yeah New York was New York was amazing I knew it was going to be amazing though it was always somewhere that I knew I had to go and it was a step that I needed to take um so through school and through living in New York I met Elisa from the owner now owner part owner of Mama. And that's when everything sort of opened up for me We are jumping a lot we are I skipping know. ahead but it's because we literally would have to relive every single day. I know. And so this would be an eight-year podcast. It really would. For everyone to understand all the pieces that went into it. Yeah. But you made an interesting decision that not many young Canadian professionals make. Right. Especially 
in the creative field. Right. You had in front of you the choice to either stay stateside mm-hmm. or move back home mm-hmm. and move back to Toronto and make a difference there. Right. And I think I've earned the right to brag about you a little bit, right? You moving home, it's not like me moving home where I would probably do so like just to be home fed again or mm-hmm. so like I'd move back with my mom. You moving to Toronto, mm-hmm. you'd your works had been published in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Your work had been published back home in the Globe and Mail. Mm-hmm. Y- you had been spoken about and your designs had been spoken about publicly across mm-hmm. North America. Mm-hmm. And so moving back home at that time is as much a business choice of the difference you can make in Toronto Mm -hmm. as it is a personal choice. What on the business side did you see that helped motivate you to want to make a difference back in Canada? I think, I think it was a combination of everything. I was working full time at a company in New York and I really wanted to do my own thing. And for anyone that lives in New York city knows how crazy the hours are. And it, it was just sort of like, okay, either I continue to live this beautiful New York life that I've worked so hard to be a part of and work these crazy hours and go home and do my own thing on the side, or I really take myself seriously as a business, as in a company, and I make a jump. And as a Canadian, to live in the States, you need a visa. So if I wanted to live in the States without, a, without working at this job that supported me on a TN, I would have to go in then on a one or whatever it is that I'd have to go on it. And it was like, just didn't make sense. And I, I operate every decision that I make based on feeling. And I always choose my gut over my mind. And my gut was telling me I had to go home. My heart was telling me to stay in New York. My mind was just confused. <laughs> like, yeah. truly, it, was, it was somewhere in the middle and somewhere in both places so confused. all at once. So to come home was to start my own business. Whether that meant having work in Toronto, I didn't know. Whether that meant having New York uh, work back in New York, I didn't know that either. But because your gut's always right, the minute that I moved home was the minute that Toronto opened up to me. That wasn't planned. That wasn't a, oh, I'm going to bring my work to Toronto. Like You know, you could have played the story differently. Yeah. It was totally planned. Yeah. I 100% knew it was going to happen yeah. all along. I think I think that's just a t- like just to show that your gut and you know knows what it needs mm-hmm. and I really do believe that whatever you want to believe in the higher power of the universe whatever it is wants to guide you mm-hmm. but it's you listening to those signs and you listening to your body and you listening to yourself and I was heartbroken to come home like and everyone all my close friends you know that mm-hmm. like it wasn't an easy choice for me I love New York but it was necessary to start my own business and to also be in an atmosphere where I wasn't worried about paying this absurd rent, working at this full-time job. I had the space and as a creative, I had this space to, to create. I had this, I had the time. And I think that was the biggest thing that I needed. I needed the time to sit with myself and go, okay, now what do you want? You want a business? You want a career? You want a full-time job? Mm-hmm. You want New York? What do you want? Yeah. And I, I gave myself that time. And I think because I did, it really helped. We glossed over Maman too quickly. Mm-hmm. I get to look at it in hindsight. I can be like, yeah, that was 100% up your alley. <laughs> but it seems like it was a bit of a diversion from the original plan as to why you went to New York. Yeah. Right. And it, But it perfectly highlights that ability to adapt on the fly 
and accept an opportunity when it presents itself. So what maman sounds like a French word to anyone listening. Yeah. Describe what that opportunity was for you. Okay. So, um, Elisa was a friend from high school and she had moved to New York with her boyfriend and she knew what I wanted to do with textile. But at the time I was like, again, this furniture thing still being in, you know, the goal, mm-hmm. I would be like, I want to transform the world of textile design. I want to bring life to the, the uh, textile. I want, I want the average person to walk into a restaurant or wherever you would as you are and appreciate the wallpaper the same way that you would pre- appreciate a beautiful handbag. That connection, I feel, hasn't been done to the general public. So that's the conversations that we would have. So then near my the end of my school year at FIT, she was like, I'm opening in a cafe. I want you to do four prints for me. This is the concept. Okay, so that's what we did. And we didn't know how that cafe would take off in New York. And I also believe in timing. And it was just, she opened Mama right when the Instagram craze was at its highest. And all of the like fashion week in New York is huge. All the huge fashion bloggers were coming to my mom. You know that time when taking a picture of like a hand holding a cup on like a back of a brick yeah. wall was big? Completely. Those were only mama cups. So everyone would come to this cafe for the decor. And obviously this plays credit to Elisa. She's mm-hmm. brilliant. Visionary. Visionary, yep. businesswoman, brander, whatever you want to call her. She was like, okay, I'm going to put all these prints on everything. So that opened up the idea of custom. So she put wallpaper, she did, she did fabric, she did anything. Her boxes have the prints on them. So now they're opening multiple locations. I think they're on location number eight now. Anytime that you walk into a mama cafe, it's a mama. You feel it. It's, it's a, the design speaks for the brand. And I don't think anything has really been done to that extent other than the Beverly Hills Hotel in L.A. And that was always my vision, which is weird. So it was just like, that's my mom. I was, I've been fortunate enough for the last, I don't know, five years of my life to to be able to visit New York. I didn't live there, but visit mm-hmm. there half a dozen times a year mm-hmm. uh, for work. And I remember t- texting you excitedly because someone walked past me yeah. with a mom cup yeah and new york there's a certain blue and white cup that has become synonymous with new york and if you Mm -hmm. watch uh law and order which is one of my favorite series because i'm a giant nerd Mm -hmm. they carry and i forget the name of it off the top of my head but they carry this certain style of cup Mm -hmm. the mamon cup is in my opinion as recognizable and as popular as this other and it's wild that we're talking about coffee cups being synonymous with with a city, mm-hmm. but it just is. Yeah. Just like a taxi cab yeah. can be synonymous with a city, right. so are these cups. Right. And and someone walked past me, and I got really excited <laughs> because I knew exactly where it was from, right. from just walking past someone, right. and I know who designed it. Right. When you're in New York, we talked very excitedly about a movie. We often speak in movies or TV shows. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of the language we speak in. <laughs> you would fall in love with this movie that, like me, when I fall in love with a movie, when it puts me in a certain creative space, uh-huh. I'll watch it over and over and over and over. And if I'm having a great day, I'll watch it. And if I'm having a terrible day, I'll watch yeah. it. And I'll watch it over and over. Yeah. And it was somewhat biographical about a designer's life. Oh, I still watch that. Do you really? Yeah. Which movie is it, Candace? It's is it's the Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Chanel. What I remember from you from our conversations was how 
simple she her vision was originally mm-hmm. how how basic it was how she had clearly defined her goal mm-hmm. and she then imprinted her name on the world in one way mm-hmm. and as soon as you do one thing mm-hmm. you can imprint your name and yourself on the world in so many others mm-hmm. but it started and even just the through the duration of the movie i think it has a scene at the end when when she's like Way, 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 way up and popular and amazing. But the majority of the movie surrounds her making mm-hmm. a hat mm-hmm. or a line of hats. Mm-hmm. And I find it so perfect that you love that movie because I like to associate parts of that movie with your life mm. and how you walk into things with a very clear vision, not realizing that a cup or or a pattern or a textile can really shape a group of people right. and shape a city and, right. and help influence the culture of a city. And then before you know it, you're able to venture into other things. Right. So you come back to Toronto, you start your business, Candace K Designs, mm-hmm. and you started doing what at first? Um, so I've been two years back home. So the first year was Mama, I want to say. And then I started to create collections. Like I had no clients after Mama. It yeah. was, that was the first thing that happened. And then Mama was a, an instant success, but it was also gradual with how it could sort of picked up. And I started to make things. So... Um, I did them for myself and then I was still blogging at that time. So, and still keeping that vision of creating a brand that made someone understand what they were buying on a personal level. I wanted my, I want my client, still do want my client to feel like they know me. Mm-hmm. So when they purchase a collection piece, this is why I make movies or little short, whatever they are, yeah. um, for every collection is because I want you to buy something and go, oh, I remember when she was in Morocco. Yeah. That's what inspired her when to do this. Yeah. So that was my first thing. And then when I came home, I ended up getting, what was my my first job back in Toronto? Oh, a friend of mine, um, Colin. I did his powder room. We did oversized palm trees. And because Colin is part of the um, construction world. Mm -hmm. He just sort of telling everyone what I was doing through Colin. I met baddies and then Planta came and then... You did Planta? Yeah. First of all, it's one of my favorite restaurants. Yeah. Second of all, I had zero idea you did Planta. (laughs) Get the fuck out. You're serious. Yeah. Like in Yorkville. Yeah. Wow. This changed my life. This changed my life. (laughs) And that was in your second year, I guess, back home. So, yeah. Or so towards the end of your the first. the business is two years old, but plant, but Mama was a was the year before. So right. I, I like to say that I started it then. But um, yeah, I did Planta. And then so working with Chase Hospitality Group, they're so lovely and they're just so loyal. Mm-hmm. So now I get these emails from them and it's like, hey, new concept, da 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 that's what it is, go. And then I'll be like, hey, what's the timeline? No response. <laughs> it's just sort of go. Yeah. And so I did Planta, I did Palm Lane, which is also in Yorkville. Planned to open in Miami. Oh, did it really? Opened that, in Miami, yeah. It uh, makes sense. It seems like uh, it's a big city restaurant. Yeah. Like you can, you could see one in New York, New York Chicago, and I LA see as one well. in London. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so then that was my first summer home. And, and it just- Do you sleep? Like at all? <laughs> sometimes sometimes I try to you know it, 
I think I was still like really upset about coming home from New York. So it was, it was a lot of like, it was hard. That first mm-hmm. summer home was really hard for me. Cause I it was like you. my heart was broken. I know. But my gut was like, told you so. <laughs> but my heart was like, but it hurts. <laughs> I've got to make, and your brain just checked out. It's like, you guys sorted it out. It's like, I'm yeah, you let me know when you got it all I figured out, created. when we're aligned yeah. so, and then we can move forward. Exactly. But then, you know, things started to really pick up and I uh, I got Sal Rose back in Lower East Side. So that was a project that I was talking about in New York. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I was like, oh, OK, Candace, you can be still global, just operate from a Canadian business. Yep. Um, so learning that side of things. And then I got the cafe in Sydney, Australia, St. Bart's and yeah, New York here. Yeah. Let's not forget one of the most important influential people in your life lives in Toronto. I don't want to name names, but let's just say you've been going to this person from the beginning (laughs) with all your ideas and I'm not going to take credit for it, but I'm here, Candace. (laughs) You couldn't leave me for too long. We had a pack to go to Paris together and we still haven't. So you had to come back at some point. And my, and my whole network was here. Of course. There was, it, there's that too. Like all my really good friends are here. Not that I don't have good friends in New York. Mm-hmm. Family is here. So it was, everything about it was like comforting and needed. So you build a very sturdy foundation for yourself. And again, I could go on. Uh, if you visit the website, CandiceKDesigns.com. Dot com. Uh, you can spend your whole day going through all the pieces of media uh, all the different media outlets that have shared Candace's work. You build a very, very firm foundation for yourself. And then you decide once again, hey, I think I can do something. Like I, we saw another evolution to the business. Mm-hmm. It wasn't now just like pattern. It wasn't just wallpaper. wallpaper. You well, decided to venture into. Well, wallpaper wasn't ever a, a thing. Right. Wasn't anything that I was ever going to go into. I did not care about wallpaper. It was just like a medium. But that's why it's so important to be open with the way things happen. Yeah. Wallpaper only happened because in New York, me and Lisa were, were talking about making collections and she was like, why don't you do a launch party here? I'm like, Alisa, like, I can't afford fabric. Like that's, that's square footage and it's super, it's like certain minimums. Working a full-time job and living in New York City, like not making lots of money. Yeah. Um, she's like, why don't you do paper? Because paper's cheap to print on. That's how it started. And then I was only going to do little samples. And the same person that I started with, the same supplier, is still my supplier now. Oh, get out. And he was the one that taught me everything to do with wallpaper. Like when you print yardages, how to repeat, how to set up, how to measure a wall for wallpaper to go on, all that stuff. He was my my guy and they Mm. still are. So that's how wallpaper started. And then again, serendipitously, by fluke timing, whatever you want to call it, wallpaper started to come in. Mm -hmm. So, and then I rode that wave with custom. And then that's what made me different from every other company that was out there. But the vision- Custom meaning short runs? Like like you come with a design being a short run for a a room or whatever? Means fully bespoke. Okay. So um, I work off of of my client's concept. So Planta has wallpaper that no one else is gonna have. Like those, that's hand painted for Planta. Um, And then everything that I do with custom is hand painted for that client. So, now I'm going into rugs, but mm-hmm. that was also always th- a thing that was going to happen. Right. 
is just sort of listening to the timing and finding the right people that you can work with. I met my supplier, Ali, through a random meeting. It was a coffee meeting that I didn't want to go to. Not that I didn't want to go to. I didn't. It was like, I don't know who this person is. She's like, I met you eight years ago at this place. And I'm like, okay, like. Of course. I totally totally remember. remember. Yeah. (laughs) And so. We chatted about about nothing. It wasn't she. She didn't want anything from me. Um, she just wanted to like chat about something. Well, I don't know. I forget. I even forget the conversation. And I told her about the vision to you know eventually do rugs and eventually do tiles, eventually do fabric. She's like, I have a rug guy for you. She's like, this is a perfect guy for you. A year later, now I'm working with him. So it wouldn't have worked that year, but right. it worked the next year. As soon as the stars align. Kind of. When everything kind of lines up in which it can happen, now the pathway for it to happen is there. It's like a fine balance. And I'm sure you're aware of this too, of like when it combined, but then when to kind of push, when to kind of back off, when it's not meant to be, when... Because there's a lot of suppliers and a lot of rug suppliers that I talked to that I was like, "Mm, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. But when I talked to Ali, for the past eight months, he's been teaching me how to design properly a rug. And I also believe ideas need a certain amount of time to just sit in your brain because you can have and I liken it to writing Mm -hmm. like when writing I can have an idea for something or I can have one like cornerstone Mm -hmm. to the story but it doesn't mean I have the backstory. It doesn't mean I have the right perspective to it. What eyes am I supposed to be seeing it through? Whose message am I sharing? Mm-hmm. But that only comes as it sits at the back of your mind because you can be on the subway or whatever and be like, oh, that. Right. Oh, that'll fit. Right. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And your brain kind of gets back on it right. for a bit. And then only you know, and that's trusting your gut, only you know when an idea is fully formed right. and ready to move it forward. Right. Exactly. So yeah, so now I'm doing rugs. <laughs> now, yeah, uh, no big deal. You know, I'm just gonna move on. I'm I'm just gonna well, do wallpaper rugs. Wallpaper is still is still a thing. How, can I ask you a question about wallpaper? Mm-hmm. How do you come up with the numbering system? What do you because mean? you have collections, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, everything inspires. You said from or you share with us the inspiration mm-hmm. behind a collection. There was 44, 33, oh. a twenty-one. Like you know a, this answer. I, I <laughs> actually don't know the answer. Really? Honest to goodness, thirty-three. Okay. I could kind of guess only okay. because we've shared the love of that number for a while. Okay. But how do you pick the numbers? Well, since the beginning, when I figured out about textile, I would see these like numbers everywhere, and like. That's why I also believe in like signs and listen, just being aware of your surroundings. So 54, I mean, 15, 12, 11, 22, 55, 33, 44. Those are all lucky numbers. Oh. Yeah. And it's, it's so bizarre and it's like super eerie. And anyone I tell, like, look at me like I'm crazy. But I mean. Whatever. Luck is what we make it is what I say. Honestly, luck is what we make it in the sense that exactly. in the sense that yeah. if if I have a whatever close to me yeah. that makes me feel ready to tackle a challenge right. or the day or right. whatever it is, right. every time I see that blue square anywhere, yeah. I'm gonna have that feeling and I'm gonna be able to battle the next challenge. Exactly. And that and I, I felt like because those numbers really guided me, what better way to start my company with how it really started in the first place, which is kind of listening to the signs and listening to yourself. So it was just like this. And again, the collections were made for myself. I, when I made them, I did not think that anyone was going to buy them. And now the first print that I ever did, it was a six page spread in Mulu magazine. I just sent it off to South Carolina. This woman's doing her 
dining room. Um, it's going to be aired in Property Brothers come November. It, it's crazy. Like, it, yeah. you know, you, everything is for a reason. Yeah. If, unless you just got to do it and wait to see what, what the reason was to why you Completely. did it in the first place. And that, again, in at least the way I internalize that, is trusting your gut. Yeah. If something deep down says, you know what, you just got to stick with this. Yeah. Or you just need to do this. Yeah. Then you need to roll with it. I was lucky enough to uh, be part of a small crowd last night for the Audio Innovation Series, mm-hmm. the second part, and they had co-founder of Netflix, uh, Mark Rudolph there, who spoke to the crowd for about an hour. And when he looks back to, I think it was 1998 that Netflix was founded, mm-hmm. everyone was telling them at the time, believe it or not, this is never, because Netflix was originally a, a mail order DVD program where mm-hmm. you kind of put in your order and they mail you a DVD. He said... Everyone was telling us that this is never going to work because streaming was right around the corner. Right. And they weren't wrong that streaming was coming. Right. What he said, it forced them to, like you said, your family helped you think of the business side of things. Right. And and making sure there is a return on the investment in there. It forced them to then plan for the future. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But little did anyone know that they still had a long run as a DVD company before streaming was even possible for anybody. Right. But then they were already ready and they were already prepared. Right. And is it... As the technology became available, mm-hmm. as it became a thing, mm-hmm. they had already been thinking about it for long enough mm-hmm. on on how to line it all up. Mm-hmm. And he jokes, and we all kind of chuckle nervously, or, or with envy, I think. He's like, Netflix is a funny thing because he's no longer with the company. He says he'll withdraw a couple shares, you know, because he wants to start a new venture or top up his bank account. He's like, it's the ever refilling bucket. He said, because I just pull out a little bit of money and then it just fills back up. But we know what Netflix has become. And that was, for me, really encouraging. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it shows that sometimes when you have a voice that says, no, 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 this is good. Mm -hmm. That you just have to stick with it. Mm -hmm. And he said he measures a person's ability to be a good business person Mm -hmm. and be valuable in a business, Mm -hmm. not by having a good idea, Mm -hmm. because all of us have good ideas Mm -hmm. all the time, doesn't Mm -hmm. mean we do anything about it, not because of our failures, because all of us should fail in order to find the good idea, it's not how smart we are, it's how willing are we to stick with something. How much fortitude do we have on the inside mm-hmm. to roll with an idea, mm-hmm. despite what others say, mm-hmm. but to stick with our conviction? And that, again, is something that I I will happily and freely attach that to you every day of the week, because I feel like you're someone truly in her soul that, that, that finds an idea and knows it's right. Mm-hmm. And it seems like none of us can talk you out of it. No, and 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 everyone told me that it was stupid. Everyone told me that everything I was doing was stupid. Like, what do you mean you're going to design wallpaper? That's what I would get. Or my mom put up wallpaper in the early <laughs> '90s. No one wants wallpaper That's what now. Everyone told me it's paint and hardwood, honey. What do you mean you're going to um, do collections? Can that's a waste of your time? Don't do collections. You're you're like you're stressing out for this launch date. You're stressing out like you're stressing yourself out. And those are things that I would always get. And I'm and I. It was, it's weird. It's like, you're wrong. I know when someone's wrong and when they're right, I'm like, hey, maybe you're right. <laughs> but it, it, that's what it is. It's, yeah. and I love what you said about having the work done 
so that when the time comes, you're ready. And I feel like a lot of people become instant success. And if you do just become instant success, you can't handle it. You can't sustain it. Yeah. You're not ready for it. No. And I always said, and I always said to all my mentors that I really wanted, I want this to be gradual. I do not want something that kind of spikes. I think that's a very lovely idea. I think that's like everyone's dream. But like you said, any book that you read, especially like Shoe Dog or Gabrielle Chanel's documentary, mm-hmm. the the height of their success is always at the end of the movie and it's for the shortest amount of time. Yeah. And like what Phil Knight said in his book, have you read it? No, I haven't. Oh my goodness. Have you read it? Oh my goodness. It's so good. We're going to deliver copies to the office. It's so good. He he pretty much at the end of the book says like, there was a point where me and my wife wore sunglasses inside because we could, you know, (laughs) that's what he says. And he's like, we had, Seriously. yeah, we had, he's like, we had, you know, when the company went public, he's like, I was looking out the window and I had, I don't know, whatever billion in his bank account, million. I don't know what the number was, but he says it. And he says, but then that's just the end of it. And then you're, you kind of look back on all the pages and the chapters that you, that you read and you're like, but that was the fun part. That was the part. He's like, I was in debt for the majority of my life, he says, but he talks about all the lawsuits and all the debt that he had to go through. That's the fun. Yes, the end, of course. Like, everyone wants to... That's what we're working towards. Yeah, like, everyone wants to enjoy the money that they earn, and it's great. It's a great story. Obviously, I do, too. Um, And everyone also has an ego that... Some sort of ego that wants to be fulfilled, and there's a little bit of that in there. But I don't know. I want it to be gradual, and and I want to get to a point where it's time for me to be something, become what I'm supposed to become on this planet. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready. I have all this stuff to show you. I don't just have wallpaper. Mm-hmm. I have this and I have this and I can do this for you. And cool. I have ideas. And I always say that, you know, people can steal so much from you. Mm-hmm. They can steal your designs. Mm-hmm. They can steal my work. Yeah. They can steal my look, right. whatever. Right. What they can never do is steal my ability to to create new ideas. Yeah. And as long as you can just keep churning out a new idea mm-hmm. and a new idea and a new idea, you will find your spot in this world and right. you will receive the recognition that's due. It's not about the, the what you just described kind of is perfectly summed up in the cliche phrase. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Right. The fun thing about you, and we haven't touched on any of this, mm-hmm. in your life in your I'm gonna say short life you're still very you're younger than I am you're very young you have this hasn't been your only career oh, yeah. right it's not like you were it, it, it's not like we had like six-year-old Candace painting her first flower yeah and then creating designs you have been all over the, like you've done all sorts of things yeah. to the height of anyone's ability so for the fun of it what are some of the other things you've done I grew up dancing that's what I wanted to do but then when I got to university, it was like either you become a professional dancer, or you go to LA and you do the commercial route, or you do the Raptors dance pack. <laughs> Subtle. I don't know why you laugh at it. Like, let's be honest. It was honestly the best three years of it's my life. It's 40 odd nights a year mm-hmm. in front of 20 odd thousand people. So fun. Right? So fun. I met you through that. It met me? You met a couple of, yeah. I don't think you knew uh, Amber Lee or, oh, or, I didn't know any of them. or Kat before no, then. No. Crazy. So Wild, I, right? Yeah, that's wild. And that's before I even knew what textile or interior design or anything was. So I was like taking sociology at Ryerson, dancing for the NBA. And then I went to interior design, owned my own little business, worked at a custom kitchen company. I left that. And then I took time and I traveled. What about about the family business? Because that was like maybe the third time we hung out. 
The third time we hung out was you invited me up to the family business. Yeah. Which again, if you look at dancing, which is a completely creative outlet, mm-hmm. right? You have to be, and I'm like, to credit you, you have to be really stinking good to be on the short list of people yeah. that you were on in order to perform as often as you did in front of a crowd that you performed in front of. And then you do design, which is very creative and very specific as well. Mm-hmm. Your family business, I find incredible because it's a ton of fun as well. It's so they so we started in restaurant and that's mm-hmm. what all the cousins did. And now we own a bingo hall. Um, which, which is amazing. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's a, it's amazing with the way my family is very business creative. So they're they're making the program and they're making their bingo hall different than, you know, they renovated everything. They want to, you know, there there's a bar that's open so you can go so you can drink now. It's called Dolphin Gaming in case. Where <laughs> little is it? plug there. No, please do. Um Warden and Eglinton. So they're we're gonna have to really do, We're going to plan like a a company outing. It is actually a lot of fun. I'm not just saying that. My family's also a lot of fun. You've seen (laughs) what my family is like. Um, Meanie Irene is a doll. Oh, man. (laughs) She's the best. This is mama's name, Irene. She's the best. And she somehow, poor woman, got the nickname Meanie Irene. I know. Even though she's the furthest thing from mean on the planet. Yeah, no. Only only from you, though. (laughs) Only from from And I won't say it to her face because I'm scared. Even though she's sweet, I'm still scared to call her that. No, but it's, it's being around that atmosphere, right? Like... Okay, how can we make this better? How like what can we do to make this more interesting? Let's renovate. Let's let's put a bar in there. Let's have food coming. Like you know, and being in that space allowed me to take everything that I learned from them and apply that to my business. So I think that's why I get the so textile. It's something that everyone has seen. You've seen fabric for your whole life. You've seen wallpaper. But how can I make you look at that wallpaper differently? How can I make you look at that fabric differently? The, that's where the magic comes in. That's where the um, business side comes in. And that's where like you have to just become like different. Yep. Yeah. Unique. Yeah. You have to have an identity. Yeah. Right. One of my favorite things you ever sent me, it was around Christmas time and it was you and your cousin, I think, had choreographed a dance to, uh, was it... Mariah Carey's song? I don't... Oh. Was it <laughs> in your front entrance way? Was it Heartbreaker? It may have been... You know, it's, the reason why I remember this is only because when I was driving to work this morning, Mariah came on the radio. And, and it wasn't the same song, but it made me think of you right away because yeah. you and your cousins, you have such a close bond. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it is a family that, that I, in, in the kindest way, envy. Right, the, the way the extended family is all part of the core family as well. Mm-hmm. What has it meant to you growing up having kind of like other other sisters, right? You have your sisters, which is the core, and then you have you know other women of around the same age that you're also growing up with that you consider family. Um, I just I wouldn't know any other way. Like we live next door to them, we grew up next door to them. So if you need milk in the morning, you walk next door and you ask. Into their front door. You, that, that's what yeah. it was. And I just wouldn't, I couldn't imagine life any other way. I have two moms. My dad passed when I was young. Then therefore I've inherited two more dads, my two uncles. They, they treat us like they're kids. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it's, it's just really nice. Yeah. Like I just, like no matter what, they're always there and we're there for each other. Like I just can't imagine life any other way. Yeah. Like that's how it's always been. And I hope to give my family like my future family that with their cousins. What I think is beautiful about you is that 
all of your influences that I've been lucky enough to come to know, I always see come out in the person that you are, mm. right? So that come, that's your love of family, mm-hmm. uh, your love of fashion, mm-hmm. your love of current, I like pop culture, but in just the, the general sense of, you know, what is current, you are uh, probably the most fashionable person I know, hands down. So nice. You always have been, and... It almost makes me sick. You said it was nice, but it makes me sick because you do everything so effortlessly. Like you are, you just ooze awesomeness. And and I love every chance we have to talk. Before we go, something fun that we've always done is we've never been afraid to dream. And ways that we've done it is like, we, we will just be having a day and we'll talk on the phone or we'll text and be like, one day, one day, I'm going to, don't worry, I'm going to have a place in LA and I'm going to have a, a condo in Toronto and I'm thinking of a summer home uh, in Paris as well. Mm-hmm. And we've never been afraid. And it's not that we need things. No. It's that we're never afraid to look past the amount of work or how profitable something is or isn't in the today. Mm-hmm. It will not hinder us from pressing forward to do what, and I keep saying we, and I really mean you, it doesn't hinder you from pressing forward to attain what you know is ahead of you. So um, as we make plans for 2028, Mm -hmm. you know, it'll be uh, early to mid June in 2028. Uh, where are we going to be and what should we be doing? 10 years from now. Because I'm going to put it in my calendar. We got to keep the date. I know. 10 years from now, I'll definitely have the furniture piece that we talked about at the beginning. Um, In your main room. So we're going to be in your main room. That will be there. I also want to put on like a bunch of shows. I want to put interior design on runway. Um, That's something that I talked about. I've been talking about for years. Forever. That is also going to be happening then. Um, And just a really cool business and company. I want to keep pushing the boundaries. Um, I want 3D wallpaper and I want, who knows? Like I a, don't want 3D wallpaper. Yeah, like, I'm going to hit so many walls. Just, I, I'm going to swear that, that the, there's something on the other side of it. Like, <laughs> or I'm going to run away from the birds flying out at me. I'm terrified of birds, but, Candace. Can you please just supply me with 2D stuff and we'll call it a day. No, but you... <laughs> I want like, something where... Like, like, I want the Google of a textile business. That yeah. is, I want something where um, the top artists, the top textile designers graduate school and go, I would love to work for Candace K Design because she's doing the most innovative stuff you ever think of. I'm actually working on right now projector screens, mm-hmm. so moving wallpaper. So if you were to walk into like a huge lobby, that's where I envision it. You have like the projector lights at the top of the, mm-hmm. the ceiling. They project down every five or ten minutes. A bird flaps across. It's very ever so subtle, but that sort of stuff again. has never been done, no, right? It and it's that's what excites me. It's it's yes, wallpaper is great, rugs are lovely, but this is literally just my beginning. I haven't even scratched the surface. So in ten years from now, um, yeah, create something uh, that's exciting, that's different. And that people are excited about and want to be a part of. You took it so seriously, the question. Because it's like, that's Candace, like my energy. Like, <laughs> what I meant, well, where are we going to be? Like, are we going to have a beach house, you know, where I'm going to be visiting you at? Are, are we, you know, what city do, do we want to meet up in? Is this where I have my, finally, my log cabin in the Muskokas or maybe a house in Aspen? Is that where you want to meet up in 10 years? I'm just looking, you know, to set dinner plans. 
And I'm like, and take over know, the world. You're like, Clay, I'm going to be so busy. I'll have no time for little people like you. No. And I'm but, like, but just you know, dream with me for a minute, Do you want to know that? I'm so happy that, that that's that's where my mind went because so often it was like, past two years, oh, when I get back to New York, I'll be happy. When I get this, I'll be happy. When I get to here, I'll be happy. And it's learning that that's all great. That's yep. all just going to be there. Yep. Like, that's extra. Like, yes, obviously, I'm going to have my apartment in New York. Obviously, yeah, like, you. we're going to have a place in Paris. Clearly. Like, obviously, I'm Big Clay. Listen, I have a show in Milan. My private jet's coming to get you, and then we'll go. This is the conversation Like it's fine. that like, I that's love all, having. That's all going to be there. Me. But that's going to that's gonna happen. Right, but that doesn't happen unless your intentions are in the right place. One of the greatest pieces of advice I was ever given is pay attention to the pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves. Yeah. Meaning look at the details yeah. and the big stuff will just come. Candace, yeah. you give me the best smiles. You're the greatest conversation. You were like my first great conversation, I think, in my life Aww. when we met. And you never let me down. To finish off, we finish things the same way. Every time, because really at the heart of this mm -hmm. and the reason why I started this is because I believe in, in order to make big change, again, you have to make small change. Mm -hmm. And I believe in even the smallest things within yourself can have very large positive impacts in your life. Mm -hmm. So I like to finish things off by telling, reminding everyone to please, please, please be good to themselves mm -hmm. and eat their vegetables. So as we say goodbye from myself, from Dylan, obviously producing today, Candace, who is amazing, from Luca, who edits, everyone, please, please, please be good to yourself. That's your cue. What do I say? And eat your vegetables. And eat your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs>